Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Atomic Shot. I am your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Siggy, and joining me once again is Chief Ghidorologist, Tyler. Tyler, welcome back once again, buddy. How are you doing? I have a question for you, Ben. Yes. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Because we're gonna go back in time. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love it. I love it. Um, if we weren't get, if we didn't get a DMCA, that would be it right there. Okay. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Atomic Shot. Uh, this is uh, season. Two, this is the season two of the Heisei era. Uh, we are. This is the third film of the Heisei series. Seventeenth uh, film, eighteenth film overall in the Godzilla franchise. I think I should start doing that right now. That should be fun. Let's see how long I can remember that. Um, this time it's a rematch uh, from uh, it's Ghidorah's uh, bright return with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Because the first time around it was just called Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster. So technically, this is the first Godzilla versus King Ghidorah title. Um, yeah, and even in that movie, it wasn't just Godzilla versus uh, Ghidorah. Uh, Rodan and Mothra were also there. Right, right, right. So this is pretty much a one-on-one bout. Uh, this let's run down the numbers before we get into it real quick. This is directed by Kazuki Omori, produced by Shogo uh, Shogo to- to- Tomiyama, written by Kazuki o- Omori, starring Kosuke Toyohara, Ana Nakagawa. Megumi Odaka, Katsuhiko Sasaki, Akiji Kobayashi, Yoshio Tsuchiya, Robert Scott Field, (laughs) um, and music by Akira Fukube. Uh, This was released December 14, 1991, uh, with a running time of 103 minutes. Uh, So yeah, so this is the third film of the Heisei series. And you and I pretty much have praised for the pat with Godzilla Returns and Godzilla vs. Biollante. We've praised this uh, this series. Would you say, without going too much in depth, that this continues that upward trend? I would say so. Yeah, um, this definitely uh, definitely has that shift in quality, uh, especially when you uh, look at the show era films in conjunction with the the Heisei era ones. Oh man. Are you talking about like lower quality compared to the first two? Um, like uh, like uh, overall quality of uh, films. Like uh, it's been a roller coaster with the uh, Showa era, whereas uh, the Heisei era is a bit more consistent with how good it is. Correct, but I, I feel like this movie is a bit of a step backwards in terms of its production value because yeah. In, in the first one, we had, like, Godzilla with a new suit, awesome miniatures. It was it, it was awesome. And, of course, last week we talked about Biollante. Amazing, cre- one of Toho's greatest creations of all time. This one's kind of like, okay, the budget's got cut a, a little bit. Not a lot. It's not Showa-era looking. But it def- definitely looks cheaper than the first two movies. Yeah. Uh, I can see that in uh, specific areas. It's not bad. Um, and I think that's because despite the success, Biollante, Godzilla vs. Biollante wasn't like overwhelmingly successful. It was like it didn't catch the world on fire, for sure, even though it's one of the better movies. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, which puts a wild twist on not just Ghidorah, but also Godzilla himself. Um, so let's run down the story real quick. Uh, this time, Godzilla, at the end of his battle with Biollante, is resting in the Sea of Japan, just just sleeping because of the uh, antibacteria thing. 
uh, that was introduced in the last movie. So as you can see, this is a direct sequel to Godzilla vs. Biollante. And um, meanwhile, uh, you uh, at, at certain point, uh, certain events happen. Uh, we learn that a UFO has emerged uh, out of nowhere. And those people uh, on the UFO, this is very simplistic. We'll go break down more as we get into it. Uh, UFO shows up and we learn that these people are from the future. They're from the future. Yeah, they're from the 23rd century and they have come back basically to save Japan from Godzilla. They basically tell the Japanese government that, hey, look, if we don't stop Godzilla now, your country is going to be a shithole. It's going to be gone. Um, by, I think they said the 21st century, maybe. Um, which might be true, considering climate change, but whatever. That's yeah. not, we, we, we may not even need Godzilla to do that. If he shows up, it'll be a bonus. So I was like, well, I'm die anyways because of climate change, but at least I get, get to get stomped on by Godzilla, so. Hey, um, with how crazy 2020's <laughs> been so far, I believe it. Oh, I'm sure. December 31st hits midnight. You're going to hear that everywhere. Like, you're just going to hear it simultaneously. Um... So, uh, they basically say we can get rid of Godzilla because we know, and this is the big twist, because this is not only a versus movie, this is kind of a Godzilla origin movie, in a way. Like, where we, at least this version of Godzilla. Um, basically, yeah, this was something I was not expecting at all. Yeah, I've seen this movie before, so, like, I kind of, it was fun rewatching it, though. Um, basically, Godzilla was a dinosaur on, on, I believe it's the Midway Islands, if I co- remember correctly. Um, uh, I have the name of the island right here, uh, okay. Lagos Island. The Lagos Islands. Okay, uh, he was on the dinosaur in the middle of World War Two, uh, and so they're pl- and because of the uh, the atomic testing that was done, that dinosaur became the Godzilla that we know, uh, or at least I don't know if they made it clear if it was if that's it can't be the same one that showed up in fifty four. It was. That one, it was it's the same. Okay. It's the same one. Uh, okay. Apparently, even though uh, all of his uh, skin and organs were blasted off, it took about 30 years for him to regenerate that shit. And it's okay. the same one that we've been seeing uh, uh, from Godzilla Returns and uh, Bialanti and so forth. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just always assumed it was a different one, but fair enough. Okay. Um, it's Godzilla. He, he could come back from anything. And so basically their plan is to move Godzilla off off the off the, uh, the island so that way he's nowhere near the nuclear testing. Uh, meanwhile, you're introduced to these three little cute little creatures that are called the Dorats, and they look very familiar if you look at their torso and their wings. They're uh, not suspicious at all. What are you talking no. about? Uh, flash forward, they move Godzilla after being after the young the ba- the dinosaur that becomes Godzilla is wounded horribly by the U.S. government. We'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, we'll talk. I can't. Don't not now. Um, and. Uh, and it and then all of a sudden they go back to the future and then lo and behold King Ghidorah shows up uh, and it seems and, and like what who'd have guessed that the the Dorats were mutated by the nuclear energy uh, and they became King Ghidorah so Ghidorah is not a space monster in this movie he is a genetically engineered monster from the future that's a different take um, they could have done you know hey space monster but I guess they didn't want to do aliens uh, yet uh, they will do aliens but not just yet. Um, and uh, basically, then it becomes a, a a battle of it's it's the devil you know versus devil you don't know, and they they find out that Godzilla is alive. Fight ensues, and then after Godzilla fucking thrashes Ghidorah, and we'll talk about the fight more in depth uh, later on. Uh, then Godzilla becomes the 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 the, the antagonist, and you know I, I will I won't spoil this part, 
But yeah, it's a wild ride with time travel, robots, horrible American voice acting, or acting in general. But it's it's campy as a hell. Like this is like it's it's sci-fi camp in the best possible ooh, excuse me, best possible way. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I look for in a goofy Godzilla film, but I wasn't expecting it in the Hayes era of all things. Right, because I feel like even though like there's 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 that goofiness to it, th- I feel like there's enough like stakes. Like one of the best scenes in this movie, and and and, and let me know if you if you agree or not, Tyler, is is uh, when got when so you meet this uh, Doctor Shindo, uh, Mister Shindo, who runs his corporation. Um, who, uh, and he is, uh, I'm trying to see who he's played, who he's, who he's played by, not giving me an actor. Um, god damn, this, this casting is not nearly as good. I think this is played by, uh, Yoshi, yeah, Yoshio Tushiya, yeah, he's, he plays this businessman who had, they, when they go back in time, you see he resonates, he thanks God, this dinosaur for saving his Japanese platoon from the American soldiers. Um, and there's a great moment when Godzilla comes back again for the second and later in that second half of the movie, and it's like an eye to eye contact between him and Godzilla, and it's like Godzilla remembers, like yeah, yeah, you can definitely see tears in his eyes. Yeah, no, Godzilla Godzilla's closes. Eyes. Yeah, you can see in in like, and he like it's it that's like like that's where I think the like it's a perfect balance of goofiness. Because I feel like Biolante was way more serious. It had goofy moments, um, namely with the bad acting, uh, American acting, or uh, English or English. But here, like, it's definitely needing more to camp. But there, that that moment sticks with me, uh, where he's facing down his once savior, now, you know, basically, basically death. Yeah, he's basically corrupt at that point. It, it's pretty much a beautiful allegory of uh, how nuclear weapons could be used for good, but are basically humanity's undoing. Pretty much, yeah, you're right. And and the thing is, it's like that's that's I think that's really subtle, um, because and and it's subtle and subtle because like even the the same doctor, uh, the same the the former uh, the the army general. He is like he has a submarine that's off the coast of Japan. It's like, well, we just have to have for to defend Japan, and and I I think it's like a subtle it's it's subtle in that in that sense because you don't need, it doesn't the film never explicitly says that, but you can read into that and be like, yeah, Godzilla could be our savior. He could help us stop this menace King Ghidorah, but he's all it also works the other way. He's also a devast a devastator. Yeah, basically. Uh... His anger of uh, getting mutated by uh, atomic fallout is basically um, it, it's a double-edged sword. Like he could be the savior of humanity, as we've seen in the latter half of the show era, but at the same time, he could also be the malevolent destroyer that could be the that could fall to the destruction of all of mankind. Right. Ex- ex- I think this. I think this film and the Heisei era in general has that perfect balance of uh, Godzilla's character. of Right. Where it kind of teeters of him being the good guy and also being the destructive force in nature that he began life as. Exactly. And and and, and that might be hard to see in a movie like this because you might be more distracted by the robots and the, and the very bad English. But 
Um, not not by not even by the Japanese actors, mind you, by the American actors. Um, uh, you might be distracted by that, but I think I think you're right, Tyler. I think there's a deeper meaning in this movie. That's like you got to look beneath the surface uh, because I think you could easily become distracted by the goofiness of it all. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of goofy shit in this movie. Yeah, so let's talk. Let's talk about the cast, the supporting cast. So it's it's a little bit of it's a little weird because now we got. Um, both people from the future and people from the past. Namely, this centers around uh, Kenichiro Terasawa, played by Kosuko Toyohara. He's basically a journalist, or he wasn't, he's a writer. He, uh, we see barely on, very kind of, um, kind of like laissez-faire kind of guy, you know, wants to do his own thing, you know, very, very stereotypical writer's thing, where he wants to write his own stuff, and he's working on a book about, about Godzilla. Um... Megumi Odaka is back. Uh, base doesn't play as a big of a role as she did in Bialanti, but she's just there. So she's your constant strewn line. She's your for for modern people. She's your Phil Coulson for this era of Godzilla, where she's in every movie. Yeah, she totally uh, is. Godzilla, Moth, uh, Kikidora. I want you to join the Godzilla Initiative. Um, and then uh, we have joined from the future is uh, Emi Kano. Uh, she's one of the people who comes back from the 23rd century. She is played by Anna Nakagawa. Um, she, she, I think she's pretty much like the main character because a lot of the action is thrown to her. Here, her and uh, Kenichiro, are, they're, they're kind of the two main leads. Uh, and of course, um, uh, Yoshio Tushio, who plays uh, Mr. Shinden, um, the guy, the, 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 the Japanese platoon leader who has a connection with Godzilla. And of course, can't forget about Robert Scottfield who plays Android M11. Can't, can't the forget MVP. him. The MVP. The true MVP of, of this movie. Um, so yeah, how did, how did you feel about this, this cast, Tyler? Um, yeah, I agree with you that Emmy is definitely the main character of this film. Uh, I feel like most of the conflict and uh the way the film is resolved does center around her more or less um as for the rest of the cast uh on the japanese side eh i could take it or leave it and as for the futurians oh boy oh these my guys God. okay so that let me correct answer me this question maybe you could tell maybe you lurked it up but those guys were speaking japanese they weren't dubbed over right i'm pretty sure that they're actually speaking japanese yeah, because the lip, like, the way that we're pronouncing it, the way, like, it's, like, not to insult the Japanese, because Japanese is very hard to learn, especially if you're an American or anybody from who's in, like, non-Asian countries. Like, I was like, whoa, they're, they're actually speaking Japanese. Like, that's, that's crazy. And, like, and some of them, namely the two, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the names for the, uh, uh, I think one of them is Chuck Wilson. I think that's one of them. Um... I don't have the actor for the other one, unfortunately. Might be this guy named Pierre Tremblay, but it's not listing them for some reason as, like, who they played. Uh, but, like, they're the two main enemies, and God, they ham it the fuck up. Yeah, it figures that the two white people in the movie are the bad guys. Yeah, um, even though the movie, <laughs> even though the, movie <laughs> the main theme is that they... And, it's, like, they basically... So, spoiler alert... Not spoiler, but you heard spoiler when you come into the show. I'm sorry. Um, basically, they want to like Japan. They tell the United, the Japanese government that like we have to stop Godzilla because otherwise your country becomes gone. But what we learn is that Japan is actually one of the stronger nations in the 23rd century, and that they own they basically own quote unquote own 
South Africa or Africa and and um and South America like like Emmy says that uh so like Japan is basically a global power so it's pretty much like the Japan like how a lot of UK fiction sometimes centers around like bringing back the British Empire it's like Jap- Japan wants to relive the imperial days where they controlled the uh they controlled everything so kind of like uh cuz imperial Japan's kind of like uh that's a touchy subject to touch but uh like these guys want to stop it, so it's, they're probably. I'm assuming they're American. They have to be American, um, or at least former, formerly American. Probably. By the way, I need to note that King Ghidorah's act of, uh, his suit actor is played by a gay guy named Hurricane Ryu. Like that's, that's his name a pretty listed. metal name. That's a metal as fuck name. Shout out to King Ghidorah. Um. So, like, and I love. How did you? Okay, let's talk about the Centurions before we go back to the main cast. Or that's not the the future the Futurians what were they called I couldn't remember Futurians their names. because they're from the future yeah the Futurians the future people like I thought they looked like thought like I because they're not aliens so I don't want to compare them to the Exilians from the Showa era but I I like them I like their like the fact that they had like overtly large suits constantly they look like bad eighties show uh, like game show hosts uh, yeah they kind of do. I, I kind of like yeah, but I I like their look like they like I don't know and, and but like and even the actors themselves they had a swarminess to them like trust us we know what we're doing we're from the future you know we're better than you and we know it exactly um and but let, let let's go but specifically with Emmy because I feel like yeah like I said I believe she's the main character but I do love the fact that. She's the one who creates King Ghidorah. Like she releases the Dorats, knowing um, like it's it's kind of weird because I don't know if this is an inconsistency because she releases the Dorats out into the wild and it's never stated why. But then King Ghidorah comes back and then she basically yells at the at the future at her other the other Futurians like wait a minute we created King Ghidorah. I'm like well why and I, I felt confused a little bit right there. I was like, well, why did yeah, you release... The way she wasn't answering their questions as to why uh, she left the Dorats there in the first place, I yeah, kind of figured that she was in on it. Right, exactly. Like, uh, um, uh, God. Um, Megumi, uh, Megumi, uh, asked her, you know, like, on, right before they're about to take off, like, she, kn- of course Megumi's gonna look, like, anybody who's a, te- like, she's the first one who notices the Dorats, you know, calls them cute and whatever, of course she's gonna notice when they're not there. You're gonna notice when the dog is not there, um, when the, or the cute cat is not there. And, like, Emmy just, like, mm, moving on, moving on, moving on, don't notice, don't notice, don't notice, don't notice. Exactly, bye-bye. So, like, and then she gets mad, I'm like, what did she think was gonna happen? Like, they never really... I feel like that's, like, an... Like, maybe a scene got cut or something, and it wasn't... They, You know, who knows? I feel like that's the only inconsistency. Like, the only, like, actual film problem I had with it was that moment. Well, I mean, it's a time travel story, so there's gonna be plot holes, intentional or not. True. No, true. It's just, like... I, I just I just felt confused as to why would she release the Dorats... Knowing that it would be bombarded with nuclear energy, maybe, maybe she thought they would turn into something else. But I'm like, girl, look at their look at their bodies. What else could they be? What else are they going to turn into? Um, so cute though. Yeah, but ultimately, Emmy realizes maybe Emmy realizes the uh, error of her ways, and uh, after Ghidorah 
gets basically his ass kicked. Because spoiler, it's Godzilla movie. Of course, Ghidorah's going to get his ass kicked. She goes to the future to find his corpse. Uh, and I won't spoil his corpse specifically, what happens to him. Uh, when, until we talk about the fight. Brings him back to the past as the brand new recreation of Mecha King Ghidorah. Um, he's never called that like like by name or anything, but that's pretty much what he is because he's like all cyborged up. And we'll talk about him more in a minute. But uh, she pretty much makes a sacrifice play to to stop Godzilla. Yeah, it's pretty ballsy to turn one of Godzilla's fiercest adversaries into your own personal Gundam. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, like, cause I remember, like, I, I cause I knew King Mecha King Ghidorah would come, in, would show up in this movie even before I watched it the first time. But re- she, the fact that she was the pilot and that um, the android basically becomes her, uh, uh, her, her like assistant, like her, her, um, her, her uh, Jarvis, basically. Pretty much. I thought, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I thought that was that was cool. Like, it was such a cool like mech moment. Um, but yeah, she, and before yeah, that, she, he had a whole bunch of goofy shit going on. Like he was chasing yeah, we'll t- down like the Terminator. Uh, just yeah, we'll talk about around him in a like moment. the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, we'll talk about him in just a moment because uh, I think we definitely need to give Robert Scott Field a a a, a, comm- a real commendable job. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like they. I feel like Emmy like and she like there's a lot of weight to her scenes. I never felt that she was. Um, uh, Anna Nakagawa. I never felt that she was phoning it in. Every one of her scenes felt heartfelt. Whether like it, just, she just felt genuine in that role, and she wanted to make up for her mistake of basically creating King Ghidorah. Yeah, I can see that. So let's talk about the other stalwart of the movie, which is Robert Scott Field's Android M Eleven. Um, we're introduced to him very early on when they, uh, some of the members of the Japanese government, including the, uh, 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 uh Toyohara and, uh, Megumi Sud- uh, Odaka go onto the ship and, like, we see, uh, Robert Scott Field, um, Android M11, basically just, like, has the biggest, constant biggest grin on his face you've ever seen. And, like, we're told he's a, he's a, he's an android, he's a cyborg. Uh, and it's not evident initially. He's kind of just like there, like he doesn't really do anything for the most part. He's just like hi, you know, speaks in Japanese, which is really cool. Like again, him and the other English actors or non Japanese actors, they all speak Japanese in this. So it's really cool. Um, but like then there's an epic chasing, like about halfway through the movie, and like it's it's a pretty cool chasing. You think it can't get crazy enough? Robert Scott Field basically gets out of the car that the, that the other one is driving in rips off the door in the coolest way possible causes a car it causes a car accident car goes tumbling un, like flips over and it blows up which is like of course it does um and then he fucking starts running like the million dollar man and it's the greatest <laughs> thing you've ever seen like i feel like you're either gonna laugh at this or you're gonna go oh my god that's so fucking awesome um, and I think it depends on your like your kind of sensibility in the movie. But to me, I thought it was so fu- I thought it was funny and awesome, in all honesty. Oh yeah. Uh, also, I find it ironic that this movie came out the exact same year that Terminator Two did, because that's what this I mean, scene reminds me of. Right. Exactly. I mean, Terminator Terminator One it came out for year, like a couple years prior, so I guarantee you that was like burning in their consensus. But the fact that it's eerie that um. Terminator 2 came out, what, 92, didn't it? 91. 90. It's so eerie that 
that like it's 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 not it's a similar scene. You have a robot chasing down people down a highway. It's creepy. It's like in the same year, like one in Japan, one in America. It's crazy. Um, although I'd rather have Robert uh, <laughs> Android M11 chase me down than the uh, than the the T1000, the Liquid Terminator, uh, chase me down. Um, yeah, that's a big no right there. Yeah, but like he like he all battle scarred and everything. But eventually they reprogram him. He becomes a force for good. Uh, but like. As, and, and and I have to commend it to him because he ha- like he has the hardest job on that on this movie because he can't have expressions he can't have emotions he has to be the robot and that's not easy and he makes it look so easy. Oh yeah, he's definitely fun to watch. Yeah, he's just every time you see him, just like that grin, like that reassuring grin or that suspicious grin. It's it's so it's so great. My favorite part with him is when they sink on the ship and he calls one of his engines like, "Hey, come over here!" and knock bonk knocks him out. Uh, just so great. I'm pretty um, sure. I'm pretty sure it's not actually him, but I'm pretty sure there was a dude on uh, on the ship. Uh, one of the Futurians kind of looks like Tom Cruise. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Tom Cruise would be too big to be in a Godzilla movie at this point, especially a Japanese one. But yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see that there. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, is it, it, and the human cast is all right. I think we like the the, the um, I think they're fine. Kosuke Toyara, I think they try to make him compatible with Emmy, and and they actually are related. Like I think they stated at the end of the movie, Emmy said that that that's her like grandfather, grand great 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 something, like grandfather. very distant relative. Yeah, which is like, because I because I, I, I thought initially that um that they were gonna try to do like a romantic angle because like oh yeah, man from the past, between one from the future, let's make babies. Like no. Um, but it never go like over there. Like I think he obviously thinks she's very pretty, but I think he like he doesn't ever does it advance. Plus I think he has his own girlfriend too that we see like once or twice in the movie who's also very pretty. I think she's played by Kiwako Harada. Uh, I mean I could be wrong, but it looks very similar to her. Um, God, I wish they would have like the original pictures, not like their current pictures. That would help a lot. Um, so let's talk about the bad English before we oh, move yeah. on. So make my day. Oh, where was that? What part was that from? God. It was when they were making the computer explode. Oh my god. Damn it. It's so bad. So, let's talk about the World War II scene first. So, because we go back in time to the Lagos Islands to to move Godzilla from one point to another, we get basically into a skirmish between the Japanese naval force and the Americans. And first it's between a, a, a Navy officer and like somebody and like it gets a subordinate. And they're just kind of like, well, Jim, I don't know how to tell you about this, but though we're going to take that island tomorrow, and I'm going to sure hope the, the war ends tomorrow. It's it's very hokey. <laughs> yeah, before that, uh, when they're when they're coming in uh, into the past, uh, these two naval guys see them, and they have a little dialogue of, should we report this? Nah, we shouldn't tell anyone about this, but you could tell your son, Major Spielberg. Which is like, oh, come on! <laughs> Which obviously, I, I mean, I like the nod because it's basically that's how Steven Spielberg, uh, like when he's born, like his dad tells him, "Hey, I saw this," and that gets him to write all these movies. And so, so that's I, where he got the idea for uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and ET. 
Yeah, exactly. He's like, my dad told me I saw a ship in, in the Lagos Islands in 1944. Um, which I like, that's like kind of like cringe, but I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. It's a nod it's to kind of cute. It's whatever. Yeah, it's a nod to one of the greatest directors of all time, so it's it's fine. But, oh my god, then we get to the, the beat, like the actual fighting. You actually hear some of this shit, like that the Americans are saying towards, like, it's so bad. It's like I'm watching a, a reenact. it was like watching a reenactment battle. More so than I was watching a, uh, like, an actual World War II fight. Yeah, Saving Pride of Orion, this is not. <sighs> My favorite, the one, I think the one is, like, when they when they lure Godzilla. By the way, the Godzilla, I guess we'll talk about the Dinosaur Godzilla when we talk about the monsters. But um, they lure the Dinosaur Godzilla to the beach, and they're starting to use their anti, their cannons from the, from the battleships. Oh my god, one of them... They fin- Godzilla is seemingly defeated. He's on the beach, and like, yeah, we, we, we got him. And then another officer out of nowhere just says, "Take that, take that dinosaur." I'm like, "Take God. that, you dinosaur!" Dinos- like, God, fucking, who wrote this? <laughs> who, who said act as stiff as possible? Who like, said that? I'm pretty sure it was written in Japanese, and it probably sounds more dramatic in its native language, but when probably. you translate to English, it just sounds awkward. It sounds so bad. It's, it sounds so bad. Um, like, it's, like, that whole, like, that, and, and the thing is, it's followed up by an emotional moment where uh, the Japanese platoon leader is, like, mourning, basically thanking this monster, this, this animal, this creature, for saving his army, his unit. His army unit. And, uh, not that kind of unit. Get that out of your heads. Um, and, uh, ah, it's, it's just, it, like, it doesn't detract from that movie, but it does hurt it a little bit because, because those, those it kind of gets too campy in those sections. When it gets World War Two, it's it shouldn't be campy. Yeah, I was kind of worried that uh, it was going to get too serious uh, when it included the World War Two stuff. But nope, I was definitely wrong on that. Point. No, it was, the, it was the it was the reverse of that. It was too silly. Um, but yeah, overall, not an amazing whole cast, but the lead was strong at least. I think you and I can agree on that, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Emmy and Shindo are the standouts, and Emma Lemon, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And again, like seriously, if you if there's one takeaway, one scene that that holds your breath is Shindo and Godzilla staring at each other remembering who they are, Godzilla understanding, making a human... Like, that like that moment right there, and going back to it real quick, is, like, that's, like, making Godzilla humanistic without making him act like a human, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like this thing is the only time you're going to see Godzilla cry. Uh, and then he then he kills him. Like, he, he, literally, he blows up the fucking building. It's an um, emotional gut punch. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to do it, but it's, like, it's in my nature. I have to do this. Um... God, uh, so let, let's talk about the monsters themselves. Uh, so we'll talk about the uh, the dinosaur Godzilla first because that's I think that's the smallest. What'd Godzilla Saurus, I think it's called. Godzilla Saurus. What, what did you think of Godzilla Saurus? Um, I think it's really neat that we actually got an origin story for Godzilla for once because um, we're kind of led to believe that he was just uh, woken up by uh, the atomic bomb testings in 1954, but. I never thought to think that he was just a dinosaur that was just living on this island that just happened to save these soldiers during World War II. Like, right. It's it's kind of interesting. 
And it's also interesting that he didn't start out as the indestructible badass that we know now. Like, he actually bleeds from gunfire and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 pretty gnarly. Um, well, I think initially, like, the smaller... Like, yeah, it's... And, like, you see chunks of his flesh get cut off. And I think it's a, like... There's echoes to his design, but obviously it's more like... What if we made a T-Rex, but with bigger arms? You know? <laughs> Slightly bigger arms. Um... Like, it stands more like, like, it's, like, what you would think Godzilla would look like as a dinosaur. Not, no fins, more, more narrow snout, not big eyes. Uh, I think it's a cool design, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, and, and, def- and, like, obviously, I don't think they go back to this idea ever again. I kind of expected the MonsterVerse to do this, where, like, he's actually a dinosaur. Versus, no, he's just, he's just that, he's just a fucking big-ass monster that's been here since the dawn of time. Um, or others like him have been here since the dawn of time. Uh, but let's talk about the, the the titular monster for this movie, which is King Ghidorah with a new roar this time. Uh, he doesn't have. That I miss I miss the cackling. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The, the ca- but I think he sounds more menacing here. So, yeah. um, uh, King Ghidorah, the first monster uh, from the show era to come back. Others will come back too. Don't worry. They're not all of them will come back, but a good chunk of them will. Come Just back. the good ones. Just a good one. Sorry, Angiris. You're on the sidelines, buddy, until 2004. Um, spoiler alert for the rest of the show era. I say era, I guess. Um, they didn't really do much to change his design. And I think that's a testament to how strong Ghidorah... Like, like his face is like the... like the, the heads are the biggest changes. Oh, yeah. Um, like they're more menacing, they're more narrow, they, they don't, they look more like evil. Um, although Ghidorah's not really evil in this, he cannot, not, he doesn't really have that like sense of malice that he does in the Showa era, but like pretty much, you know, he, he's bigger, like he's a lot bigger than he was in the Showa era, at least the way the camera's shot, um, the camera's shot in this, he looks a lot bigger, but like he looks, you know, obviously the suit looks a lot better. Because, you know, better technology, better, you know, probably better, you know, stuff to work with. Glorious gold. Like the, I feel like the gold, sh- like, literally shot, like, shines. Like, they did it on, they did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he literally shines in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, ultimately, despite the changes to his head, not a huge redesign. And, like I said, I think that's a testament to the original design of Ghidorah. It's just... So, even the MonsterVerse doesn't fuck it up that much. It stays true to that core design. Gr- yellow everywhere. Big ass wings. Three heads. Don't fuck that up. Yeah, it's it's a really simple design. But it's an incredibly memorable one. And... Ex- yeah. Uh, but let's talk about his second form. Because obviously... So in the fight... Uh, Ghidorah ultimately gets his middle head bitten off. Like, not, uh, it does, no, shot Godzilla off. blows it the fuck up. Yeah, Godzilla uses an atomic heat, bray, heat breath and shoots it the fuck off, which is like, oh, shit! Um, you're not gonna see that in the Showa era. Um, and, uh, and so Ghidorah's corpse is, like, just tossed to the wayside. Like, Ghidorah's done. Um, well, like I said, like I said we'll, get to, we'll get into the actual fight momentarily. But like we said earlier, Emmy brings him back as Mecha Gigantor. Now, how do you feel about this? This is a redesign for sure. Oh yeah, Mecha King Ghidorah is such a cool idea. Like, I feel like it's a natural, unnatural evolution to his character, if that makes sense. Not feel you. 
Um, yeah, like his middle of his body is all silver and chrome. Um, the middle head has been replaced by a cyborg head. Uh, the other heads seem to be conscious of what's going on. Like, I don't think Emmy has control of them, but she controls the middle head at least. But they, the other heads basically undergo what the middle head is saying anyways. I, th- I think that's usually how it works. The, the middle is the alpha. Um... But on his wings to hold the wing, because the wings got damaged too in the in the first fight. He has like things holding the wings together. It's a nice mix of silver, silver, silver and gold. It's Christmas time, everybody. Do uh, you have anything else to say about Mecha King Ghidorah? Uh, not a whole lot aside from uh, all the diverse weapons that he has. Though I am assuming that uh, we're gonna leave that for the fight discussion. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mecha King Ghidorah definitely is a is a radical alteration to the King Ghidorah uh, look, but I think it, for considering what happens in the movie, I think it's a, I think it's a cool looking one. And God damn it, I hope it makes it into Godzilla vs King Kong. Um, that would be I so bad. They teased it. They teased yeah, it. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping for. He's missing a head. Um, uh, so let's talk about the fights themselves. Uh, obviously Ghidorah wreck sh- is wrecking Japan before Godzilla comes and there, and then it becomes a drag out fight, just one-on-one pure fights. Uh, Tyler, what did you think of this fight? Um, I think the fights are pretty good. Uh, probably not as good as, uh, the one from Godzilla versus Biollante, uh, in terms of special effects at least, but it's still pretty entertaining nonetheless. Yes, I, I agree. One of my favorite shots on this movie is that first initial encounter and it's so good the monsterverse took it uh when you have the initial square off where king Ghidorah's on one side godzilla's on one side and you have a wide shot that's like that imagery is so fucking cool um and what i like about this movie is that king Ghidorah really keeps to the sky in this movie he doesn't give a lot of opportunities for godzilla to attack him from that high well i mean how could he i mean the gravity beams are pretty overpowered, and he knows that. Exactly. Abuse what you got, baby. Air fireballs, bitch. Hold that. Um, so, like, it's pretty standard. Like, it, de- it does. It lacks the the viciousness of the la- of the last one, for sure. Like, there's no bleeding. There's like no. You're not gonna see Dark Godzilla bleed in this one. I, like, I feel like <clears throat> I like the fight. But I feel like, similar to other things in this movie, I feel like it kind of dips back to Showa-era territory. Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the fight, again, takes place in a quarry, just like so many battles in the Showa-era, but I'm pretty sure that's more of a budget issue than anything else. Yeah, the final fight takes place at the heart of Tokyo, which is really cool. Like, you know, you know, I think that visually, that, that second half is, is, is visually impressive. Um... But yeah, I, I just think the fights are okay. Like I thought it was serviceable. Yeah. Um, there's some definitely good camera angles. They they definitely sh- they definitely show uh, brought up that part. So because like the, one of the bigger problems with the show era is like everything's kind of static. Like you know one camera angle one side just show that here you got angles from Ghidorah, you got angles from Godzilla's point of view. Um, but unfortunately, when God, when Ghidorah gets his ass kicked, he gets his ass kicked in this movie. Like not even funny. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the fact that uh, since they made Godzilla not exist anymore, they had to make another one, 
and this one's bigger and badder than the last one. So it yeah. makes sense that Godzilla would curb stomp him. Yeah, exactly. And like I could tell like he looked a lot bigger and he looks more intimidating. God, this guy I love this version of this Heisei Arrow Godzilla. He just looks so menacing and yet oh it's so good. Um Ah, uh, yeah, not the best fight so far uh, of, of of this era. Uh but not a bad one either. I, I just yeah. I didn't I think it's serviceable. Uh I think we're running a little long, so let's uh any notes you want to uh, go over that we didn't go over before we pack it up? Uh, I'm pretty sure we mentioned that uh, Japan probably has the worst luck ever in this movie. Like the oh, fact yeah. that they try to get rid of Godzilla forever and then King Ghidorah shows up instead. Then they bring back Godzilla, he beats him, and then Godzilla starts wrecking shit. Like, come on, guys. Can't we, can't we just have a happy ending for once? No, Godzilla, Japan. Like, there's Japan is eternally fucked. By the monster that is Godzilla, um, at least in, in the Tahoe's universe. Um, anything else, buddy? Um, uh, no, nah, that's about it. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Atomic Shot. Uh, we end the time travel shenanigans. But uh, Toho saw, from what I understand, they did see success from this movie. So that lets them to think that, hmm, what if we do that again? With another old monster. Hmm. Hmm. We really hmm. gotta appeal to those uh, young girls. Let's bring yeah. in a feminine monster this time. Even though yep, we and... totally already had one in the last movie. Uh-huh. So, yes. Next time, uh, we were talking about Godzilla and Mothra. Because it's not Godzilla versus... It's, called, it's not called Godzilla versus Mothra. It's called Godzilla and Mothra, I think. Um, you, have the, you have my Blu-ray, so you would know. Yeah. Um... Uh, so uh yeah, Mothra returns with the in for the first time since nineteen sixty three? God, it's been twenty years. Uh Destroy All Monsters was sixty eight, I believe. Okay, almost okay, still a long amount of time for that butterfly to be uh for the moth rather to be kept under under wraps. Uh Mothra's coming back and she's bringing back somebody new or she's bringing something new rather. So yeah, it's a return to Mothra. Uh, look forward to that. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun movie to talk about. Uh, look for that next week. Um, Tyler, where can the people find you, buddy? You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Ty. I also inconsistently stream games on twitch.tv slash tyreshoes one, where I am currently playing No More Heroes. Um, right now I am rank eight, and uh, we're probably going to be uh, doing the rest of the campaign on. Uh, Thursday, as of this recording, I'm gonna date myself self terribly, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. All right, and you can find me at Twitter.com/slash MarvelousIggy for all things related to the self-proclaimed marvelous one. Check the pinned tweet for my latest YouTube video. By the time this episode is out, my my marvelous ramble video on the Outer Worlds uh, will be out. So look forward to that. Um, also, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Iggy2814, where I stream every Sunday at 8 p.m., roughly 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, I currently, it's Zelda month, so I'm streaming both Skyward Sword and Wind Waker. God help me, I'm doing them both. You madman. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm probably not going to finish both of them, but whatever. It's, it's, don't have to finish them. Uh, or at least I will fi- come back at a later time to play them. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, of course, you could check out the Charge Shots Gamecast uh, every Friday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, where me, 
Thomas and Justin all get together to talk about the game, the weekend news and the games we've been playing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, come check us out on the live stream or whenever or when the episode releases the following week at your leisure. Uh, anything else before we sell, before we go, Tyler? Nope, that's about it. All right, everyone. Thank you all. We'll see you all next week for the rematch of Godzilla and Mothra. But until yeah. next time, go go Godzilla. 1.21 gigawatts! <laughs>